Carlene. Hi. How the hell are you? You know, I'm great. You're great? I don't know. I'm doing all right. <laughs> I, I feel like the little old lady in the village and that gets really happy when my friend comes over. I'm like, hello. Hello. <laughs> Let's play Pinnacle. <laughs> I, I might need you to like wheel me out to the car because I'm not going to be able to walk. But, you know, I'm good. Just going to be in a lot of pain. Oh, oh my back. My tailbone. Oh, my tummy. Do you, do you oh, need something my... for your back? No, it's not, it won't help. The doctor told me to get a donut. You know, the round things that you sit on. Like for like hemorrhoids? If have, yeah, if you have like butt surgery or something. <laughs> <laughs> TMI. Well. TMI. Anyway, well. how are you doing? I'm good. I'm nice and full now that we've spent like mm. two hours talking and eating before we... I mean, we had to because we had to wait for yeah. her food. Yeah, we didn't want to have to cut off when the bell rang. Or the bell. Yeah, the bell. Yeah. The doorbell. Door open. Oh. <laughs> we have... Serena thought that was so funny. I was like, I'm going to program one to say, the door is open. I, it literally tells you <laughs> the back door, the side door. Hey. Someone's coming in your back door. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, how about that? Now that you put it that way. Someone's invading your back door. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Now they're trying your front door. I tell Albert, my front door is open. (laughs) Front door. Albert. Front open. door. Go ahead. Front door open. Yeah. You have to talk just like that. <laughs> Albert, front door open. <laughs> Would you like it in the Australian voice? <laughs> That's hilarious. Front door open. Mm-hmm. That wasn't Australia. It was Back something. Back door closed. <laughs> Back door is never open. <laughs> Back door bolted shut. Stay the fuck out. You're welcome. Have a nice day. Breach. Breach. Do we? <laughs> oh, God, that hurts. Breach. I'm going to have to try not to make you laugh too hard. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Which is going to make me do it worse. <laughs> Try and make me laugh. I know. When you're not supposed to laugh, then you laugh more. When you like, have that it, don't when, don't scratch your face. When you're in church. Yeah. Oh, my God. So can I just say one time I was in church and we're in the front pews. And I think it was with my mother-in-law and stuff and my sister-in-law. And, and we were laughing so hard because this man kept pacing back and forth. And... His pants were wedged in the crack of his wedged in the crack of his butt. I could not control myself. It was the funniest damn thing ever. His butt cheeks were paper clipping. Every them. time. Yes. And every time he'd walk and then, you know, clinch. You could see when he clinch. <laughs> it's cheeks. funny that the most inappropriate things like happen. 
Yeah. In church. In church. Mm-hmm. All the time. We used to, mm-hmm. oh my God, me and my friends, my friend Kim would just turn around and look at me and I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about during a funeral? It has happened. It hasn't we happened to were, me. Where were we? It was me and my sisters. We were in Colorado. I'm pretty sure we were for, there for a funeral. And we all got the giggles. And mm. it was the most inappropriate time. The timing time. was bad. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> I thought we were going to get in a lot of trouble for it. So one time, okay, I, I've already told you the whole JW thing. So we have like these assemblies. We have, they have these assemblies like every year. So we drive to Tucson four days at a time. We're in this assembly. It's in a really huge like auditorium. This guy's sitting in front of us. She's already already bored with us. Yeah, she's already snoring. (coughs) She's like, I find no humor in what you're talking about. So I have my legs crossed, (laughs) crisscrossed in this direction. And my sister has hers in the opposite direction. And her foot is under my foot. And I'm wearing high heels and pantyhose. Back in the day when we had to wear pantyhose. With everything. Yes. Freaking July. Yeah. (laughs) Insane. Mm -hmm. So anyways, she's like doing, I'm kind of like doing my foot like this and she's got her foot and she's doing it and she gets the freaking devil up her ass and she like literally like kicks my foot with my high heel into the guy, (gasps) into his butt (laughs) and he jumps up and says, what the fuck? No, he didn't. Are you kidding? And we're sitting in the front row. At a JW. <laughs> no. It, it, it echoed. It Mm-mm. echoed. That is Did you not? It echoed. And we couldn't. He finally sat down. But the worst part was we couldn't stop. <laughs> what were other people doing? Everybody turned around to look at us. But I couldn't even look at my sister. Oh my I couldn't God. look at her. Did I your could, mom get mad? Uh, Yeah. She had this thing where she would pinch our thighs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and the more she would do it the more i would giggle uh, that's hilarious yeah i used to pinch my kids ears and get really close and go you better knock it off right she, tr- now. she tried to abuse us where nobody could see yeah it doesn't leave a mark it doesn't well it, well, it does it, it, it actually does bruises <laughs> she left a mark yeah yeah Anyways. hey this wine is yummy yeah, it wasn't the one that I picked though. I had it delivered okay. by fries. We should definitely. Uh, That's I'm I'm at peak laziness now. It's all right. Let's hashtag them and see if they'll send us anything. It's called <laughs> Josh. Is it a California? Is it thing? Josh? Yeah, it's Josh Sellers. Yeah, Cabernet mm-hmm. Sauvignon. I've seen commercials and stuff. It is really good. Didn't say what year. Is the they Cal- put they smacked a big old sticker on here? Yeah, so I can't even run it. Who delivered it? Fries? Fries. Yeah, it says, alcoholic beverages, adult signature, 21 years of age or over, required. Wow. Nobody asked for my signature. Have you ever used one of those sites that deliver, like, from Total Wine or... No. What is it called? What? Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen them? No. No, they deliver, like, the hard liquor. You can shop for the best price and then... They'll deliver it? Mm Mm-hmm. Are you serious? It's like DoorDash, but liquor? Yes. It's like DoorDash for liquor. Exactly. Um, we're going to have to talk about that after this. Yeah, I'll find out. Because there's so many times where I'm just like, times. so busy just to even run to the store mm-hmm. and get a good wine. Yeah. 
So today I was like, like I order a case and they just deliver, drop it off like Santa. And, and whoop, cheers. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> okay, guys, we've already been drinking, obviously. Did I already say I'm mm. Alma? Mm. I'm Alma. I'm pretty sure we already did. Oh, we did. Nice. No, hi, Carlene. And I said, hi, Alma. So that's kind of an introduction. Yeah. Well, if you're new to our show, thank you for tuning in. Mm-hmm. If you're not new to our show, hey, Chicago, huh? Portland. Oh, All really? of a sudden, like, boom. Nice. Noise. So, noise. Oh, noise. You know, my my poor friend Sally from Chicago, I would always say, because I remember going to, uh, where, where did we go? Philadelphia, I think. And um, the waitress was like, you want more coffee? And we were like, what? And she's talking to us because she's like yelling across the diner. And she's like, you, over there, you want more coffee? You want coffee or not? You want some coffee? And so we're like, oh, she must be talking. Okay, yeah, uh, sure. Sure, we'll take. I'll get you some more coffee. So whenever I talk to Sally, her her accent has gotten very Chicago. Right. So I always say, you're from Chicago. How's Chicago doing? The Windy City. <laughs> so, but thank you guys. Normal. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Shout out to Chicago. Shout out to Portland. I want to go to Chicago. Me, Me and the kids were talking about going to. My kids love like Oregon and all that whole little area. They go with. They've been there with their dad. I've never been. Oregon, Portland, Seattle, mm-hmm. all that. Up Seattle, north, north, yeah. northwest. They, they would call me and be like, "A whale just went right by our." They rent the big house on the beach and they'd be like a whale just went by I'm like whales <laughs> and i'm just sitting here hey a pigeon just flew by my fucking window yeah. oh my god <laughs> speaking of i went to get the mail today and just for those of you who are new or don't know i have a pigeon issue like pigeons love my house of course they're attracted to spirit right. doves and pigeons are I don't know what these fucking pigeons are eating, but on my balcony, mm-hmm. you know, I have that door. Right. There are, it is almost like they were playing a game. And like, if you hit that door, I'll give you 20 bucks. <laughs> it looks like they threw giant cow patties at my door. The shit is so big and it's just splattered it's because the way it probably sits they probably sit like right on the edge right there and just well i would think that ordinarily because they were um trying to perch themselves on my front door Mm -hmm. and then the poop was dripping Mm -hmm. but the poop would drip this is like a fly fly by a fly and shit by (laughs) they're doing a shit by it's a flying shit by it's like Watch what I can do. And they like they fly aim. and then they like on the door. <laughs> You're welcome for that. I cannot describe it. Okay. I it's- almost want to take a picture of it so we can put it on the website so people can see. I'm not exaggerating. It looks like they took a cow patty and threw about four of them. Nice. Down my door. Every time Albert washes that car out there. Yeah. A bird shits on it. <laughs> It's good luck. <laughs> Just tell me. Literally. <laughs> oh, God. No. No. You closed the door. Why'd you do that? Because well, the sound is better. Oh, my mm. God. 
That must be her. And my perfume smells good, though. <laughs> You're like, there's no getting no, used to that shit. That was a taster. Shorty. That was an old lady dog fart. <laughs> yeah, forget the burning rubber fart. That was like a That's total... something else. Old lady dog fart. It's like... Mm-mm. All right, you have a cool story today. I have a cool story today. Mm-hmm. I'm not really going to start until... It airs out. I can't. I know it's going to come out really terrible in the audio because I have the fan on full blast, but she's Just been doing this bear weird... with us right now. Yeah, she's been doing this really weird thing lately where she goes outside and she takes a dirt bath. She rolls around in the dirt. Uh, she must because when I got here and I was petting her, my whole hand yeah. was full of dirt. like... Every day. And I took her a bath like a few why? weeks ago and she did that day. She went out there and took a dirt bath. I wonder why. I don't know. But it's like she's having I the time of her freaking life out there. She's like. Like what makes them do that? What? Is it soothing? Is her skin feel weird and she feels like she needs to coat it in the dirt to exfoliate it? I read somewhere before it's like a predatory thing. Like, mm-hmm. so like out in the wild, like a wolf, like yeah. she's clean. So she needs to go and mask her smell. Huh. She has to get that smell off of her. So I she's mean, not. Yeah. Cause I, when I had my lab, every time we would wash her, she'd go and roll around in the grass and get all dirty again. Yeah. But it's weird that she's just like, cause she is, she, she's she looks a, dirty. She, she's, She's a white dog, yeah. and she looks yellow. I mean, I every time I pet her, I'm full of dirty hands, yeah. and I don't care. Cause well, I bought these. Um, I forgot what the brand is, but they're wipes. Mm. So when she comes in some days, I'm just, like, wiping her down because she's just so full of dirt. Oh, yeah, I bet a fine brush just yeah. to kind of get the big, a large part of it off of her. She probably would like that, too, feel good on her skin. Looks like she's... Um, I wonder if they have dry shampoo for dogs. They do. Do they? Yeah. I actually bought some for Shadow, but they have, they have it even at Fry's. Oh. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what she needs. There you go. That's what she needs. Oh, yeah. Although she doesn't mind walking into the shower with me every once in a while. Yeah, that works too. Alrighty then. Well, I guess we should just get to it. And go. To it. What's yours on? Um, mine is on... Juana Barraza. Juana Barraza. <laughs> that sounds like, sounds like Juana Barraza lives underwater. Juana Barraza. Yeah, I, I, I love that I did that. Now I can't even duplicate it. A.K.A. La Mata Viejitas. Yeah, I'm not even attempting that one. La Mata Viejitas. La Mata Viejitas. Mavitas. Mata viejitas. Mavitas. The little old lady killer. La. Mata. Mata. Viejitas. Viejitas. La. Mata viejitas. Say it ten times fast now. Oh my God. La mata viejitas. La mata viejitas. La. Okay, we're done. <laughs> La mata viejitas. So. Juan Barasa. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Juan Barasa was born in, uh, I'm going to probably mess this up, Epazo, Yucan, Hidalgo, or 
rural area north of Mexico City in 1957. Her mother, Justa Samperio, was a prostitute. With a name like Justa? Justa. Me gusta. Mm. Me gusta. Mm. What do you do for a living? Let me guess. <laughs> she was You're a store pro- clerk. She was a piece of shit. Okay. And not because she was a prostitute. She was an alcoholic and um, she was a terrible fucking mother. Mm. And Juana's father was a police officer by the name of Trinidad Barraza. Okay. That's like one extreme to the other. Right. A few months after Juana was born, Justa left her husband for a man named Refugio Samperio. I'm really (laughs) glad you're doing this one. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to say Refugio. Who was himself also married and was also her stepfather. (laughs) (gasps) This this is a Mexican soap opera, isn't it? Hey, you know, even Mexicans have them backwoods people. I Love. I can sit there. The kids would come in my room and they'd be like, Mom, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm watching watching a soap opera. And they're like, you don't even know what they're saying. <laughs> but you do. They're so dramatic and so passionate. And it's just, and slutty. Dun, 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 it's very dun. slutty. And so I love watching those soap operas. You're all very slutty. It's very. <laughs> even the talk shows are. <laughs> Anyway. Well, I mean, depends on what your definition of there's, slutty is. Well, there's this one talk show, The Lady with the Blonde Hair, Short Blonde Hair. Mm-hmm. I like watching her. She's kind of like the Sally Jesse Raphael. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I like watching her because she. it looks like she's trying to give this wisdom, but yet there's these like, it's like the Jerry Springer meets Sally Jesse Raphael. Or she's... Oprah. Giving this aged wisdom, yeah. yet her perky boobs are <laughs> popping out of her very tight top. Or like, um, out comes this boobied chick, and everybody thinks it's just normal to have... She looks like she's dressed for, like, uh, as a prostitute, but everybody seems to think it's normal. <laughs> and they've got, like, a Mother Mary statue standing right there. It's just very weird. She's bored with us. She's done. She's like, you guys are judging, but I'm not. I love it. I have to fart, and I'm not doing it again again in here because you bitches are going to make fun of me. Yeah. You humiliate me me across the airwaves. (laughs) I'm done. I'm over it. All right. Back to Juana. Juana. Juana la Cubana. Juana. Um, No, she's not Cuban. (laughs) (laughs) Who was himself also married and was also her stepfather. Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, he had was diddling her mom at some point nice. in his life, and then she mm-hmm. just hooked up with him. All right. That's that's Juana's mom, Justa. Justa. Me gusta. Mm-hmm. Me gusta. All right. Refugio. I'm just going to say refugio. Refugio. I'm sorry. I cannot believe you're saying that. I can't do it. That sounds... Refugio. As white as you get. I'm sorry. Refugio. <laughs> His name is Refugio from now on. All right. All right. Sounds like he was the Don't only good person. Refugio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Which I think that's refuge. Yeah? Yeah, I uh-huh. think so. 
Which is, he's aptly named, I guess, because it sounds like he was the only good person in her life. Oh, I'm so happy to hear this. Oh, wow. Doesn't last. Hold on to that, though. Oh, dang. As a child, Juana never learned to read or write, as her mother did not see the need to send her to school. Instead, she watched her siblings. Mm. She and her mother, Justa, did not have a good relationship, and this would be underscored when Justa sold her to a man named (gasps) Jose Lugo. For what three a, beers. Three beers? That's that's what she was worth to her. Three you beers. Sell your kid for three beers. Three fucking beers. You whore. Oh, she was. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Huh. She was only 12. Oh! Nope. Nope. And nope. this motherfucker raped her <gasps> and abused her for uh-uh. f- the four years that he had her. What? Yeah. And... She was, I wonder if he held her prisoner or if she just felt like she couldn't leave because he owned her. I think and... I think it was a little bit of both mm-hmm. because, I mean, they, she was living in poverty. Mm-hmm. Like, where was she going to go? I mean. And he impregnated her twice. Oh. By the time she was 13 and 16 years old. So she, did she actually have? Those two, she lost uh, one. The first one, she had an abortion. The second one, she uh, she had a miscarriage. Thank God. Well, but that she did have a son no. out of this situation. What the heck? Yeah. I just hope this is the beginning of a really good murder story. It is the beginning of a really good murder <laughs> it's story. It's going to make me be like, mm. it's, it's just, it's an origin story. That's what it is, okay. unfortunately. Um, Jose Enrique was her son from that um, situation. Mm-hmm. And he would later be killed in a robbery <gasps> years later. Oh, no. That's At some so point, sad. she's rescued by refu- Refugio. What? Who took her away from that situation. And then another Wait story. Minute. Wait a minute. Refugio. Is her stepdad. Is the police her... officer. No. No. Not the police officer. The other guy. Yeah. Stepdad. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and he rescues her? Yeah, but then I read another story that it was her uncles that rescued her. Well, let's just keep it. I'd rather believe it was the stepdad. Yeah. So it turns out that Juana's mother had been lying to the rest of the family this entire time and basically told them that um, she left willingly with her rapist of her own free will. That whore. Yeah. She was. She, she, well, she was a whore. I have right. to figure out a new name for her. What can this I call is her? this is almost kind of like the psycho origin story where it was the mother that heavily influenced what comes next. Does anybody have a good name for her? Whore. Comment below. Oh, she is a whore, though. Yeah. In the eighties, <laughs> after her mother dies from cirrhosis of the liver, surprise, surprise. I'm she, not sad. Yeah, nobody was sad. Mm-hmm. I don't even think Juana was sad. Um, she moves to Mexico City. She ends up marrying Miguel Angel Garcia who'd continue the cycle of abuse in her life, beating her in alcohol rages. She has a daughter from Miguel, and she leaves him after four years. I used to always want to visit Mexico City. I have never been there. I used to um, be... Okay, so when I lived on 43rd and Osborne, we Mm -hmm. had a lot of friends, very good-looking friends, that were from Mexico City. And... um, you know, they would teach us Spanish and we would teach them English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Always go, the naughty words. Yeah. Well, no, we would go like, go up to that lady and tell her her shoes look like shit. And they'd be like, your shoes look like shit. 
And then they caught on. So they were like, we'll teach you Spanish. They were really good at cooking. Oh, my God. I love the food they made. But anyway, they would come up to me and they would like go up to this. I think one of the guy's names was Ephraim. Anyway, go go up to him and say, ¿Quieres dormir conmigo esta noche? So I'd be like, okay, ¿Quieres dormir conmigo esta noche? And he'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, me around and You're I'm like, like, what, what did, did I say? I say? <laughs> then they enlightened me Yikes. and I was like, oh, yeah, no. Anyway, that's my story. But I always wanted to visit Mexico City because it's just, these guys were so amazing and so nice. I mean, obviously, they <laughs> snuck over the border to be here. But Mexico City did not seem like a horrible place. Right. I think they were from like a little place, but the main place was Mexico City. I think Mexico City is probably like your any city. There's yeah. the good parts and the bad parts. I think there's some good parts to it. Yeah. Anyway, enough of me. Um, okay. That's my Hispanic ghost story. Your your Hispanic ghost story. <laughs> Omg, Becky. When I go to recycle my cans, I always try and talk to them. I'm like, "Do you speak English?" And they're like, "No." You're and like, like "Quieres dormir conmigo?" Leche. Leche. ¿Dónde vamos a comer leche? Milk. And then I go, Do they look at your boobs? Yeah. Then I go, wait, a little bit? And they'll be like, no. Like, they don't want anything to do with me. They're all bye, bitch. They just laugh at me because I'm trying so hard. I'm like, just speak to me. Teach me Spanish. And so I'm going to start saying, well, at least I tried to speak Hispanico to you. And they're just gonna just like be like scratch their stupid head. I don't know what Hispanico girl. is. You stupid, stupido, <laughs> estupida, loca. And my friend's mom used to always call me a loca gringa. <laughs> and I'd go, "What is that?" All I would hear is "Percotada ay loca gringa, Gary, because. They call me Carrie. Uh, Carrie, loco gringa. And I'm like, what is she saying? All I know is my name. And she's like, she's calling you a crazy white girl. I concur. (laughs) (laughs) I should learn Spanish. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. If only you knew somebody that knew a little bit of Spanish. If only I knew somebody who could speak. Oh, Albert. Oh, wait. Did you mean you? Hey, I get by. It's not perfect Spanish, but I get by. In fact, when I was preparing for this story, mm-hmm. I listened to several podcasts in Spanish. Ooh. So I was very proud of myself because I, mm-hmm. I understand Spanish. I mm-hmm. understand everything. Because well, your the, dad spoke. Yeah, but Spanish. it's the speaking part that I don't feel, always feel so confident about. Mm. So, And that's just because... I was born here. Yeah, but it's this. So let's just pause for a second. So my neighbors across the street feel the way you feel about speaking Spanish is how they feel about speaking English. Mm-hmm. Even though they do a pretty good job of speaking English. 
Obviously, they're more comfortable speaking Spanish, but I know that they feel that way. Right. It's like something to think about when you're talking to somebody. Have a little empathy out there, folks. You know, right. don't be such jerks. Because <laughs> there's a lot of people out there that are hey, just Well, for me, the jerk it. in my life was my dad. He made me feel really like, bad about it. Yeah. I just think. And that, then he would get mad when we didn't speak in Spanish. Do you know what the big thing is now, though? Is people saying, speak, um, that's not like speak American, speak oh, my God. English. And it's like, first of all, we're not sure. even we don't have we're not actually speaking english not no, the queen's english we're not <laughs> but we don't actually have i don't believe a designated language in the united states i'm not sure i could be wrong we don't and um this was their territory first so when you tell them to go back home like this was hispanic well, territory first well it was actually the native american. native american first right but Indian. Territory. Like, there's a lot of, you'll meet a lot of people that have Mexican and Indian in them because right. they were, that's what this oh, yeah. was all Definitely. about. And so, um, yeah, I think people get very ignorant when they start, you know, go back to where you came from. Uh, I was born and raised here, you know, yeah. like, I've been here longer than you, you know, so careful what you say. Yeah, I just, sorry. Soapbox. I'll keep going and we just need to cut me off because I have zero tolerance for hate. Girl, you have no idea. Yeah. I could get on a soapbox. I mean, I say my little cute things like Hispanico, but it's love that's behind my stuff. It's not hate. Right. Yeah, some people are just, it's, it's, it's they're just stupid. They're stupid and they're it's ignorant. ignorance. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Just give me some beer. Some okay. more wine. Three beers. Tree. <laughs> Tree. Tree. All right. So we talked about her marrying Miguel and how... Yeah, stepdad rescued okay. her. Okay. All right. So then in 1984, she marries Felix... Felix... Felix, I wanted to say Felice because that's my sister's name, mm. but it's Felix Suarez Ramirez and has two more children. What? He was involved in organized crime, either as a driver or a hitman, mm. like, depending on what story you read. In Mexico City, she's approached by a talent scout for Lucha Libre. She had a tall, stocky frame. She had those big shoulders mm -hmm. and he thought this would be a perfect fit for her. So in Mexico, there's two things that are sacred <laughs> as far as sports go, and that's football mm -hmm. and lucha libre, mm. which is Mexican wrestling, something like WWE. The, they put the, um, the masks, the masks. On, Oh, right? yeah. Uh, like uh, mm -hmm. Nacho Libre. Yeah, right. I mean, hey, people. Oh, wait. What, what movie was it that that was a big thing? Nacho Libre. Oh, was that the movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's very theatrical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chancho, I need to borrow some sweats. <laughs> Sometimes a woman needs to wear stretchy pants. Oh, my. <laughs> Actually, pink stretchy pants uh -huh. with a butterfly mask. Oh. And she had a butterfly belt. Hmm. That was actually her costume. You know what? She probably had a lot of pride in doing something. Oh, like she that. did. Mm -hmm. She did. Yeah. So wrestlers are, for those that don't know, or luchadores, luchadores. I can't uh -oh. say it. Here. Do it again. 
wrestlers or luchadores often wear colorful masks as they perform daring acrobatic leaps off ropes to grapple with their opponents. Mm -hmm. It makes for an interesting, if not weird, spectacle. In Lucha Libre, there are two different kinds of wrestlers. The ruras, or the bad guys, hmm. or los técnicos, or the good guys. Um, basically, the ruras don't play by the rules, and the técnicos do. Oh, oh, well, that makes sense if yeah. you're calling them, like, técnicos, Yeah, because right? tec- they've actually Technical had some yeah, training, <clears throat> and the ruras haven't had any t- training. And the what? The ruras. Ruras. Yeah. So that, to me, would make it sound like they're... The, the rudes. Yeah, yeah, they're rude. Rule breaker type. Basically. Mm-hmm. So Juana took the alias La Dama de Silencio, the Lady of Silence, a name which would become slightly prophetic, if not a strange foreshadowing of what is what is to come. I can't oh, talk at all. man. I was hoping it meant, like, her coming out of that, not going into it. Mm-hmm. I think for a while she comes out of that. Mm. She enjoyed being a luchador. It probably gave her a sense of power that until then she did not have in her life. And it was probably a high octane release of all the frustrations mm. that she had. Mm-hmm. It the- probably gave her a sense of power, empowerment that, yeah, that makes sense. A sense of empowerment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the heavy stress that it put on her body took its toll, and she would often visit the witch's market in Mexico City, which I looked this up. It's a thing. The witch's market? It's, yeah. What it's is a thing. that? It's like this. It's a market that's just nothing but place, places where you can go get like your brujerias. Oh, interesting. To make your brujaha? Yeah. <laughs> All that stuff. Um, so for her relief in her ailments, mm-hmm. ailments, and, and she even had like a bag of cinnamon that was like her good luck charm that she got there. That's interesting. Eventually, she would sustain a severe injury to her back that would make it impossible for her to continue wrestling. If I put cinnamon around my neck, I would just be hungry all the time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'd want chocolate. <laughs> I'd be like, mm, I'm craving apple pie all of a sudden. You know, it sounds really good. Apple, apple pie. pie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm craving apple pie, but... It, it could be the cinnamon know. around oh, your neck. Yeah, you should probably get rid of that cinnamon <laughs> around your neck. <laughs> hey, anyway, I guess it works better than uh, deodorant. Bio or deodorant, yeah. Bio would be a big turn off, so... Yeah. I would not be hungry anymore. Anyway, she got an injury? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So, in 1995, short of cash, after the birth of her fourth child, she began... Jeez. To still Keep your legs closed. It's time. Wow. <laughs> Was she making money doing this? Who keeps there? their legs closed? I hate that. I hate when people say keep your legs closed. Get some birth control. I mean, did you ever hear about the birth control about putting it between your <laughs> you knees? You know how that happens? <laughs> You figured out how that happens already, right? <laughs> she but, was also Catholic, so. But, yeah. But, I mean, even with your legs closed, he can still get it in. Back door is open. <laughs> no lock doors. No lock doors. All right. In 1967. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. right. 
Next. In 1995, short of cash, after the birth of her fourth child, she began to steal items from the shops and later evolved to burglar burglarizing homes. Wait, did it say what her injury was? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to make the story drag out. I don't mean to. I'm just I, it curious. was a major back injury. It oh, was yeah. Back. Like, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Um, in 1996, she hatched a plan with a friend, Araceli Tapia Martinez, because everybody has several last names, mm-hmm. to steal from the elderly. I mean, so do I. So I guess I can't talk. Alma's name is Alma, Renee, Eva, Bernita. <laughs> I'm like, just, and, and what else? What else? <laughs> Guinevere. <laughs> Rodriguez. Rodriguez. <laughs> okay. Okay. She hatched a plan with a friend. Okay. With the long last name. Aracele Tapia Martinez. To steal from the elderly. The two dressed in white clothes and pretended to be nurses in order to gain access to the homes of elderly people living alone, robbing them once they were inside. However,. Tapia was also in a relationship with a corrupt federal police officer, because who isn't? Oh, my gosh. Moises Flores Dominguez. And they concocted a parallel plan to extort Barasa Flores or Juana. Extort <coughs> Juana. You know what? Can I just say, people sit there, oh, the 50s was so innocent. It was such a great time. It was such an innocent time. With all these stories that we do, I don't know, I'm not thinking so. It was very corrupt. Well, this is 1996. Oh, this is? Yeah, by the time we're here, it's 1996. Oh, she was born in the 50s. Yeah. Okay. All right, never mind. We're corrupt now. We are corrupt. We're really corrupt now. But I'm just saying. So anyways, they extort Juana. Flores met Barasa after burglary that she... Burglar... Burglar... Okay. This is what happens every time we start drinking before. No. It's okay. It's okay. We don't call it tipsy tales for nothing. After a burglary that she committed alone, and he Mm -hmm. demanded 12,000 pesos in return for not arresting her. Oh, let's see. He wants to get paid on the slab. For some shit that he knows that they're doing. (coughs) Right. In 2000, Barasa retired from wrestling, where she earned 300 to 500 pesos, which is not very much money. Well, that's what I wanted to know, is if she's making good money doing that. Well, I mean, it was it, it was a living mm, okay. for her. And her situation became desperate after this. Okay, so about 1998, there was a rash of brutal murders of elderly people that, were, that several people were imprisoned for, these attacks and these murders. Also at the time, there was a social program in Mexico which provided home visits to the elderly to see if they are in need of basic medical care. It's like for anybody over 70. Mm. So... It's this program that these terrible people are using to get access to vulnerable old women and rob them and worse, murder them. Uh-uh. What? Yeah. So add to this that around this time, Juana's oldest son is killed in what sounds like a robbery. So that's the one I told you in the uh-huh. beginning. She's the, He's the one that ends up, which seems to coincide with her change in be- her behavior. And somebody else also hypothesized that the fact that she was a wrestler, she probably sustained damage to her head oh right and probably had some had some form of like cte do you remember the stories though that you we did where you said the front like people the frontal got, lobe mm-hmm, the whole frontal uh-huh, lobe yeah, thing yeah, yeah. juana's first victim would be maria de luz gonzalez anaya who was killed on november 25th 2002 when barasa was in her apartment gonzalez said something that juana 
would refer to as derogatory and it triggered Juana and she beat the old woman before strangling strangling her to death with her bare hands. It would be three months before she would kill again. So this that was the first time she killed. Mm-hmm. Like she something just, just like it. She could taste for it. Well, <laughs> other people were like saying that she went from this high octane, like oh, being in the, the ring. Profession? Yeah. And then the adrenaline? So, yeah, it was she was addicted to the whole mm-hmm. adrenaline rush. And that they're comparing this, that adrenaline to the murder yeah. of somebody. I mean, yeah, I, I mean it. It's just a theory. They're I theorizing. Guess. After November two thousand and three, her killing spree would escalate. At this time, and she's already an older woman by this time. Like she's not. She's not a young girl. Morning, she just geez. like. All of a sudden, she yeah, just, she's she, like in her 50s, yeah, then, right? Yeah. Close to. After November 2003, her killing spree would escalate. At this time, the police thought there was enough evidence to and witness testimonies that there may be a serial killer involved, but they didn't let that cat out of the bag. They didn't want to put that out there. They thought they were looking for a man posing as a woman nurse or a social worker to gain the victim's trust. They were reluctant. Yeah, they thought they didn't think a, a woman could do no. such an act. No, they by the time they found out, they were like, Holy wow, shit. what? They were reluctant to make this public because there was a bunch of politics at work oh. in the background. One political party, the PAN, blamed the PRD party for the social program mm. for the elderly over 70 for the killings. Hey, pause for a second. Have you seen the series Queen of the South? Yeah, I love that. Season. There's the Mexican version and mm. then there's. American. Their American version. Yeah. Queen of the South. Yeah. Yeah, I love that series. Okay, sorry. But the bad girl, Queen of the Crime, made me think of it. (laughs) (laughs) That girl's a badass. I'm sorry. I totally got you out of your groove. It's okay. You guys, you know what? She actually starts hitting me later when we're off. Like, stop! Stop it! (laughs) Don't do that again! You will not disobey me. You will not interrupt me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what is my name <laughs> mommy dearest that's not it what is my name Eva <laughs> and then I jumped off jump off the ropes and, and like yeah. body slam me to the ground and wrap my like legs around, legs around your neck <laughs> I think we just created our own Mexican soap opera okay so did you hear the part where I was telling you about the whole politics behind? The- I heard the whole thing. Yeah. So these two parties like blaming each other. Right. So this finger pointing was escalated when the mayor Andres Manuel Lo- Lopez Obrador ran as the PRD candidate. So it's always it a Manuel. Yeah, it is. Manuel. All right. Anyways, by December, the police released a sketch of El Mata Vijitas mm-hmm. and one was more feminine than the other. In mid 2005, Barasa began a relationship with a taxi driver, Jose Francisco Torres Herrera, alias El Frijol. Oh, oh, oh. Frijole? No. El, el Frijol. So Just the bean. Just the bean? Just the bean. Um, Just the one bean. I have a question. Do they not have cameras to get, like, are they not getting any video footage of any of the crime or... Mm-mm. The street no, or... but there is... There are witnesses, but they're, like, sketchy. I just don't get how... Like, here, there'd be... We caught it on video. This is how we got the well, description this was, of this person. It's this is 2005. Yeah. Yeah. 2005. We had cameras. Yeah. Nobody got it on camera. Yeah. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we didn't have cameras like we do right now. Right. But there were cameras. All right. And I'm sorry. The tax increased after she starts dating this dude. He becomes her accomplice. The bean. The bean. Mm-hmm. El frijol. The tax. I, who knows how he got that name? The bean. The bean. Who would do that? Not, yeah. <laughs> the attacks increased in range and frequency, and the times when the murders occurred changed from daytime to nighttime. The killing of 82-year-old Carmen Camilla uh-huh. Gonzalez Miguel on September 28, 2005, an upper-class woman and the mother of prominent Mexican criminologist Luis Rafael what? Moreno Gonzalez spurred the police into launching a special operation under the name Operación Parques y Jardines, or Operation Parks and Gardens. Hmm. Officer patrols in the areas where the killer was active increased pamphlets advising the elderly to be wary of strangers were distributed, along with new sketches, and the police even paid elderly women to attack, to a- attack, <laughs> attack, attack, <coughs> women to act as bait. What? In park areas. Yes. In a move that was heavily criticized, police also announced that they were looking for a homosexual man, transvestite or transgendered, and arrested 49 transvestite prostitutes. I mean, they were basically, yeah, and were all released when their prints didn't match. They did have prints. Oh, that's good. It's just sad that they can't, God forbid it be a woman. Instead, it's either a man or transvestite. That's so sad. Yeah. Yeah, so they're none of their prints match. That's what my fart what they sounds have. like. Your fart sounds like a bell. Yeah. Like my, my phone ding, bell. Ding. ding, ding, ding. Do they smell like roses? <laughs> they do. <laughs> somebody will be like, did somebody just light a candle in here? And I'm like, no, <laughs> that was my fart. You're welcome. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because she knows that I have ADD that she loves to throw me off track. Squirrel. 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 There's so many squirrels in our podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. All right. 49 transvestite prostitutes were all released when their prints didn't match those collected from the crime scenes. Mm-hmm. The police also requested collaboration from the French police under the belief that the killer was a similar to a homosexual. Ser- they were just really stuck on the homosexual so, thing. Yeah, that's true. To homosexual serial killer Theory Pauline. A.K.A. Monster Montmartre. Mont- this is French. So Montmartre. All right. I know I butchered that. You are way Like better. I'm butchering everything. You're way better at doing Butchering that everything. <laughs> All right. This got a lot of backlash from the transvestite community in Mexico. All of it. Um, all of Braz's victims were women aged 60 or over, most of whom lived alone. She bludgeoned. 60 is not even old. <laughs> Golly. As we approach. I know. I'm like, that's right around the corner. It's a few decades away, but okay. Not for me. She bludgeoned <laughs> or strangled her victims. Oh, I'm like laughing while I'm reading that. I feel like a news person where they're yeah. like, several women were strangulated and raped and thrown in a giant <laughs> pit. Next. <laughs> that's what they do. They go. And now at six. Several women were thrown in a giant pet pit after being brutally murdered. Now for you, Bob. How's the weather? How's the weather? Are we expecting there? rain? So, like, um, I have a big smile on my face uh-huh. while I'm saying because we've been laughing this whole time. Sorry. Okay. 
this is horrible. Okay. So this is my serious face. Mm -hmm. She bludgeoned or strangled her victims (gasps) and afterward would rob them. Police reported that there was evidence of abuse in a number of the cases. Wait, did they I, I think, think like that a sounds like sexual was... abuse? Oh, okay. I was just wondering, did they think like a caregiver was taking care of them and abusing them and then taking no, their money? No, they thought it, they, they knew they were being killed. <gasps> Bernardo Batiz, the chief prosecutor in Mexico City. Oh, and also until that criminologist's mother... Mm-hmm. Who was it? This was all in a high class neighborhood until she had been killed. They were kind of dragging their feet on it. Mm. So it wasn't until she was killed that like things really escalated with the whole case. Mm. All right. So I had to take that one person to right. like, oh, we should probably do something. Yeah. Because she was a famous criminologist right, right. mother. Mm. All right. So Bernardo Batiste, the chief prosecutor in Mexico City, initially profiled the killer as having a brilliant mind, being mm-hmm. quite clever and careful, and probably st- struck after a period spent gaining the trust of an intended victim. Officers investigating suspected that she posed as a government official, offering the chance to sign up to welfare, welfare programs. Oh, Ooh, what was that? Right when I was speaking, it did that. The search for Barasa was complicated by conflicting evidence. At one point, the police hypothesized that two killers might be involved, which I think was actually probably true. Then odd coincidence distracted the investigation. At least three of Barasa's victims owned a print of an 18th century painting by the French artist Jean-Baptiste Gru's boy in red waistcoat. What? Yeah. So three of her victims had this same painting that's in their a, house that's very interesting yeah is that just a coincidence or does it actually yeah so that's something? what they were like they thought this was like some sort of thing she yeah. was searching out or yeah, okay. or he or she he okay there yeah. was also speculation that the killer was motivated by a disdain for the spanish uh because many of the victims were spanish spanish expatriates and hmm. for some of you that don't know mexicans are not spanish people right <laughs> Do you know Spanish what? people are from Spain. I've been corrected when I was younger, obviously, because my friend was like your parents. Right. One was from Mexico and one was Spanish. Mm-hmm. And it was like I had to understand. That's well, my mom's not Spanish, thing. but we have a lot of Spanish, Spanish blood. Spanish in you? Mm. Yeah. Is your mom I, what then? She's American, but oh, her family's fam- from here. Her family's from here. Her family's from New Mexico. Okay. 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 Do they have... Are they Hispanic? Are they... What the thing are they? is that... New, here's the odd thing about New Mexico. Because that's... New Mexico was only part of Mexico as a state or as a country. Because mm-hmm. Mexico was... Right. At, for 20 years before they became a territory of the United States. Really? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Because before, Mexico was a Spanish... Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's okay. right. Yes, I do remember that. Right. So. Yeah. So I. It's complicated. Wait. Do you have Irish in you too? Though. I do. Yeah. On my mom's side. Okay. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. It's on your mom's side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's my uh, great grandma Lucy. Yeah. Was Irish. Because you get your light tone from actually side, but. I get my light tone. I think from both sides. Because my dad. Is your dad light? If you saw some of my aunts on my dad's side of the family, they're very light skinned. I was trying to see if you had a picture. I'll have to show you. But yeah, I've seen a picture. My. We're all mixed with something. I mean, really? Well, I mean, all Mexicans have Spanish. Yeah, they have Spanish and Indian. That's how they're 
Oh, see, we were just talking about that. <laughs> I'm not very educated on any of that. I just know, like, here in America, how it all works. Mm-hmm. Just don't be ignorant. Do your research. Right. Do a little history, and you're going to see, like, I had a lot of friends that were Indian and Spanish. Indian Yeah, I have Mexican. a Mexican. I have a lot of Indian in me. I've, You've had you a lot of Indian in you? I have had a lot of Indian. <laughs> Back door open. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Uh, let's move on. Okay, next. <laughs> <laughs> on January 25th, 2006, Barasa was seen by the tenant, by a tenant, as she left a fresh murder scene of her landlady, Ana Maria de los Reyes Alfaro, and she was arrested by passing police mm. by a pa- passing police patrol car. Alfaro was 82 and she had been strangled Mm-mm. with a stethoscope and that pretty much was her Mm-mm. MO was strangulation. Mm-mm. To the surprise of many me- Mexicans who had supposed that the killer had been male, the suspect detained was Juana Barraza, 48, a female wrestler known professionally as the silent lady witnesses had at previous murder scenes had described a masculine looking woman and police had previously looked for a transvestite although they later admitted that the former wrestler resembled composite images oh my god please help me help me somebody help me All right. Barasa closely resembled a model of the killer's features, which showed La Mata Viejitas Uh with close cropped hair, dyed blonde and a facial mole and was carrying a stethoscope, pension forms and a card identifying identifying her. I can't even read it in English either (laughs) as a social worker when she was detained. Interesting. Mexico City prosecutors said fingerprint evidence linked Barasa to at least 10 murders of as many of the 40 murders attributed to the killer. So wait, there were that many and she only was matched up to that little amount. Uh -uh. And she only admits to killing one, the one she got caught. Well, of course. Listen. Let's go back to the beginning, how she was raised. She was raised by a pro. Mm-hmm. She learned how to manipulate and lie, and she learned that because, one, it was probably her survival. Right. And two, that was her life. She she grew up watching it. Right. The wrestler is said to have confessed to murdering Alfaro and three other women. Oh, I guess three other women. Wow, but wow. denied involvement in all the other killings. Mm-hmm. She told reporters she had visited Alfaro's home in search of laundry work. <laughs> Barasa approached her victims on the street or knocked on their door pretending to be a city council nurse or a social worker. Initially, she would disguise herself by simply dressing in white clothes, but later she acquired a genuine nurse's uniform. Depending on her victims' wealth, she would gain their trust and accede, accede to their homes by offering massages or help by in obtaining medicines and subsidies. If her victims were distracted, she strangled them directly. If not, she would beat them first using moves learned in her wrestling career. Though she carried a bag with medical tools tools as part of her disguise, Barasa usually strangled her victims manually or with a ligature taken from the victim's own home. Uh -uh. 
which she would leave at the crime scene. She would also rob the victims after killing them, mostly for her own gain. But she would also keep some of their items as trophies, which they found when they searched her house. Barasa was tried in the spring of 2008, the prosecution alleging she had been responsible for as many as 40 deaths. She admitted one murder, that of Alfaro, and told the police her motive was lingering resentment regarding her own mother's treatment of her. Oh, police. On the 31st of March, she was found guilty on 16 charges of murder and aggravated burglary. This was in 2006, I believe. Oh, right. oh 2008. On 16 charges of murder and aggravated burglary, including 11 separate counts of murder. She was sentenced to 759 uh-huh. years in prison since sentences imposed in Mexican courts are generally served concurrently, uh-huh. but the maximum sentence under the Mexican law is 60 years. What? She will most likely serve the full sentence in prison because she's already an older woman. Oh, oh, so she'll be there for the rest of her yeah. life, hopefully. Nice. So that was Juan Barasa La Mata Viejitas. That was a good one. Good story. Really was. I actually looked this up like last year to do or the year before, and there wasn't as much information information as there was this time. Interesting. Interesting. Are we taking a break? Yes. We'll be back after this short break. After these messages. And we're back. And we're back. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Part two. Boys and girls. I am. What's your story about? I can't wait to hear this because you were so excited about it earlier. I'm really excited about the last part. That really pumped me up because it is just crazy. Anyway, mine is about past lives. So this is a little different. I like that it was different and it kind of fell on my lap. So, nope. (laughs) There we go. All right, let me take a drink. Did I mention that this wine is really good? Josh. It's kind of like that wine that Aiden gave us. Yeah, Josh is doing us good tonight. Josh. Josh. Drink Josh. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. (laughs) This is going to be... Hey, feel free to make comments 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 below please tell carlene she doesn't need to sing every episode (laughs) really carlene you're not in your shower and you don't sound good and you're tone deaf hey you know what we would welcome the comment oh my god please i always tell the kids you know i need to be acknowledged like nod your head (laughs) say yes say fuck you i don't care just say something You're like, or I'm going to sing to you. Or I'm going to sing. Anyway, past lives. So I get a lot of people that'll ask, like, well, do you know, do you know my past lives? Can you tell me my past lives? I can't do that. I mean, sometimes I can kind of like get a feel for past lives, but it's not my specialty yet. But the fact that this fell in my lap, maybe I'm going to be maybe getting into maybe, it. Maybe, maybe. There are some things that made that like, oh, this makes sense why this was said by somebody. Right. And then some of it was like, well, that doesn't make sense from what they tell me. Mm-hmm. They, my, my spirit teacher people, souls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So I'm glad that I haven't like actually said it super out loud right. and taught it myself because there's a reason why they told me not to do that. You know, I've mentioned it. Like, I think I've mentioned stuff to you, but that's not me actually teaching it to people. Right. So anyway, it is an interesting thing. And I will say there's a lot of like studies going on about it. It's very interesting work. Anyway, do you believe you have past lives? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or do you think this is your I first time have... here? Do you believe that we come back? I do believe in past lives. Mm-hmm. I don't believe every soul has a past life. I feel like it might be a choice. Yes. I'll tell you what I do know. Right. I mean, I do know that when we do come back here, from what I'm taught by, because I don't learn from the physical world, I learn from spirit. And what I am taught by them is we make a choice Mm -hmm. to come back. And it's usually to, um, we're working a ladder to, I always tell people, it's like we're earning our badges Mm -hmm. to whatever level of work, soul work we're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. So whatever our soul is working towards depends on if we're going to come back here. Are we going to do our work on the other side? Are we going to come back here and then go back there? And so we're just working levels. I'll say that there have been like times where something seems familiar to me that I've never seen before, like Mm -hmm. a picture or whatever. I'll be like looking at it like, oh yeah, and then I've seen that before Mm -hmm. and I haven't seen that before. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I wonder. And deja vus. I have lots of deja vus. Yeah. Okay, well, something else they talk about in here, which I know, is scars. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like, I will be told, I'll tell somebody, like, oh, they just showed me that they're going to be sending your baby with a raspberry, like a kiss. Mm -hmm. So if your baby comes back with, like, a little raspberry on their head or, like, a little birthmark, it's a kiss from them. Right. Telling you that they've met that soul in there. They gave it a kiss for you. But sometimes, like, my, my little niece has a scar in the same place place that my sister does Mm -hmm. but my sister actually burnt herself and got her scar and I don't know I mean that's what she says that my niece and her have it but they've always had a really special bond and my niece when she was like two and three would say to my sister remember when I was your mommy like she would talk to her and tell her like remember before I came here Mm -hmm. before I came this time I was your mommy interesting Mm mm-hmm And they do have a really special bond. And so I I don't, I mean, at two and three, come on. Right. But all of these kids talk about it at ages two and three is when it starts. Hmm. It's very interesting. Anyway, many of us have been, I believe, have been here before. So I I don't tell everybody what to believe. You got to decide that for yourself. Right. But from what I'm taught... The thing is, let me just put this out there too. I, um, some people will be like, oh, you've been here hundreds of times, but that's not how they teach me. Mm-hmm. It's more like, um, like I think I've been here a few times, maybe five or so many times. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I'm going to be coming back. Right. Like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I think it's super suspicious when somebody goes to like somebody that, that's not a reputable psychic or right. somebody that's telling a medium and they, a healer a tarot card reader that tells them that they were cleopatra in a previous life like right. it's always some 
famous person. People always believe that right. there's somebody like, I was Mozart, I was Cleopatra, right. I was of Washington. I was... All the millions of people that have lived on the face of this earth since the beginning of time. Uh-huh. And there's only a handful that were handpicked to come out in history <laughs> books. And you're right. always one of those people. You're going to be that person. Right. But I will say, more than likely, you're just an ordinary person. You're probably a farmer. You're probably just an ordinary person. I watched a lot of people do past life regression hypnosis type things. Mm-hmm. And some were just YouTubers that were like, I want to do this. I want to see what it's about. And they filmed you know, the doctor doing it. And they were surprised. Some didn't actually, their souls weren't ready for them to know what it was too scary for them or their soul. If it's not for your greater good, they're not going to show you. So if it's something that you need to see to better your life here and your work here, then they're going to let you know what it is. Like, how can your past life benefit you or help you in this life? So like, if you have a phobia, let's say you're afraid of heights, what in your past life might have made you that way? And so if it is something that can help you in this life to move forward, then they will give you that gift. But I mean, if it's just like, that's not going to do you any good, it might do you more harm than good, they're not going to show you that. Hmm. It's very interesting. Okay, so we're taught at a young age, like because of religious beliefs or or just out of fear or no belief at all in anything that spiritual experiences including memories of past lives is just nonsense mm-hmm. like a lot of people believe that even like there's psychologists and stuff researchers that work on this and they're like i mean you can take that same child and they could tell you a fantasy and you could probably find a narrative to fit what they're saying. Right. But the, some of these kids, there's just no way they would know the information that they are talking about. Yeah, I've read some pretty compelling stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just too crazy. I had one woman, um, she's like, I remember saying that their little girl sees the grandma. Like, they have tea parties or whatever. I don't know what it was. And um, she sends me, I think she sent me a video of her talking to the grandma. So she was like two or three. And they're like, who are you talking to? And she's like, grandma. But she never met the grandma. Hmm. But she knew everything. She's like, she's right here. (laughs) So they were like, um, you were right. Some people think that's creepy. I think that's just... Like, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, my uh, my cousin sent me a video of my cousin's baby cooing and laughing and just looking around. And I'm like, I can I can see my aunt. Like, I, I really expected to not, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's cute. I'm sure there's a spirit there. Right. But I saw my aunt making faces at the baby. Mm-hmm. And the baby was trying to mock the faces. It was very sweet. So mm-hmm. I, I was happy that I was able to tell her, oh, my God, it's your mom. She's right there. And she showed me, like, a younger form of herself. So she was, like, not how she was when she died, but not not so young that she was, like, it must have been her happy age, like a, an age that we would all appreciate. Right. It was really cool. Okay. If our three-year-old all of a sudden begins speaking of times they once lived before, we find it easier to explain that they're just, ex- oh, they're just super imaginative. If they're speaking about grandma that they never met, uh, <laughs> I just said that at a mm-hmm. tea party, because um, that's what I was thinking of. We brush it off. Um, they clearly have heard us speaking of her, and now they've included grandma into the group of imaginary friends it just seems more complicated 
and far-fetched to believe a three-year-old could actually be seeing spirit loved ones or remembering their life before. Which is true. Why wouldn't you want to think that that is something that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the big deal? Why are we so complicated? Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. Okay, Carly. <laughs> Um, I think it's beautiful to think of like grandparents coming and visiting there, especially grandparents that haven't got to meet them, meet them in the physical life Mm -hmm. being there. Yeah. Like my aunt, her grandbaby, her great grandbaby. And why does it have to be, again, this is what spirit teaches me is as humans, we make things very complicated. Yeah, we do. Making things complicated, we decide that can't be true. To me, the less complicated thing would be, it is true. Like, why are you questioning it? Just say thank you and move forward. But no, we have, we'd rather, rather dismiss it. Yeah, and like you, I believe it's just so beautiful to think mm-hmm. that it's true. And like, how beautiful to know that. And whenever I have people that are like, my two-year-old or my three-year-old is saying this, and I'll, and I'll say, well, they're probably remembering kids at two or three they haven't been here long enough to forget Mm -hmm. their past life Mm -hmm. so or what it was like on the other side before they came here if there's anybody i believe in our family that had a past life Mm -hmm. it would be my younger sister Mm -hmm. because she would say some pretty complicated she was just at two or three to say some Mm -hmm. crazy out of the like we just be like huh (laughs) I mean, why dismiss that? Why not appreciate it? Right. You know? Okay, so it said that at the age... I already said that because I teach it. (laughs) That they're able to... Because they haven't had time to forget it. They also haven't been tainted by society's way of thinking like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's nonsense. Oh, you know, whatever. So once children become school age, like five, six, seven, usually they they still have some sensitivity, but it starts to go away because they're getting occupied with this. This is the job that they're doing. Right. This life. And so they're occupied. (sighs) Yeah. This life. Pause for a fart break. (laughs) I do it on purpose. I change their dog food when we're about to do a podcast. Does this smell at all? No. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's like, brother. Usually I like the smell of my own farts. All right. Anyway, but yeah, we did. We usually, and and I have people that will be like, I'm pretty sure my three-year-old is sensitive. They're all sensitive at Mm -hmm. that age. Like, just give it some time. Don't just let them, let kids be kids. Let them be themselves. Don't discourage it, but don't over-encourage it either. Just let them be them. And um, because sometimes people get really excited about it and they're like, do you see anybody here now? Is grandma? I have a special child. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my child's me. my own telephone. <laughs> yeah. My child's going to be medium. What's grandma saying now? You know, just let them be children. Let them have their gifts. And then, but I can almost bank on the fact by the time they're five, six, seven, usually by nine, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Just because life, they have work to do here. Right. Just as we do. All right. So I did not know there was this series, or I do not recall this series. I don't know if you do, but it's called Life death and reincarnation Mm-mm. yeah fascinating um i it, and it is on is it called tubi tubi mm-hmm. tubi the free just upload it it's free and you don't have to do the whole do you have direct tv do you have this you know it's 
free. Anyway, I did watch it, and there was a woman who speaks of a son, her son named Chase. Um, he was about five. He was terrified of loud booms. And listen, when I first saw this, I'm like, okay, yeah. I took Connor to see the fireworks in Chandler, and he was like, what? freaking out and he didn't like it either most kids don't like don't like the sudden fire. loud yeah. noises that scares them but then the story goes on she said um he also had eczema on his wrist i can't remember which wrist I, i'll just say his left wrist but anyway he had eczema on his wrist and so when he would get upset he would scratch at it like until uh. it bled a lot of times uh. yeah and so his name was Chase. Did I already say that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Chase began to speak, speak, and recall of a time when he was a soldier at five years old. Hmm. Five years old. And oh, by the way, she's like, I was missing, I, I was a stay at home mom and I like knew what he watched. I knew, like, it's not like he was getting influenced by outside sources. So anyway, so she said that he began to speak of a soldier who had a gun with like a sword on the end of it and his mom decided to take him to a hypnotherapist friend because his stories were so elaborate and she's like i'm pretty sure they're not showing this on sesame street right and barney right and teletubbies or whatever else he's watching so she just couldn't figure out like what are these stories he's talking about and it was like i don't know if she realized at the time but it was civil civil war sounds like it with the bayonet yeah so um she took it to the hypnotherapist friend where they did a past life hypnosis on chase where to their surprise chase had described in great detail about the civil war he described um how he could see himself as a black male soldier he was um crouching behind a rock and he had a long gun with a sword on the end the mom says she couldn't think of where he saw or got those ideas. She was, <clears throat> and then was I he get, black? No, he's a he's a white kid with red hair. Oh, yeah. And so for him to come up with even that detail, right, is insane. He said he could see <clears throat> smoke and hear the sounds, but didn't know who he was shooting at. He states that he was crouching behind a rock and suddenly hit in the wrist by like shrapnel or bullet or. Whatever he didn't. So he grabs his right wrist. It's the right wrist, and then says he blacks out. Mm-hmm. And so Norman, the therapist, had worked with many adults and recognized that Chase was remembering a past life. So he continued to guide the boy further. The mom wanted him to see this therapist, her friend, therapist, whatever, because she, I think she didn't want to influence his stories. Mm-hmm. You know, she wanted to make sure like these are his stories. She's right. not influencing it. I'm getting goosebumps. Are you? Yeah. Oh, wait until the last one. It's insanity. Okay. Um, oh, he works with many adults, recognizes past life memory. So he continued to guide the boy further into his regression. Chase then says how he was taken to a hospital. This is it's, it's total little boy terms. Like he doesn't really understand it all, but he's, he's actually pretty intelligent to know certain things. But mm-hmm. anyway... But it wasn't like a regular hospital, he said. It had just poles in the ground and then something covering it, which Mm. he was describing a tent. And then they just bandaged his wrist up and told him he had to go back into battle. Wow. Yeah. He says, but that's not weird you out if one of your boys said, I miss my wife and family. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. The mom states how shocking it was to hear her five-year-old spink, spink, speak of his wife and family. Mm-hmm. Although he was only five, he is speaking as if he's an adult during this time, describing the war and killing other soldiers. He responded to the therapist as an adult, giving clear details of the time and place. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Where would he even have the frame of reference for that? Well, and that's what she was saying. Like, I am home with him. He watches Sesame Street and Barney. He's not exposed to anything. It's not like he has somebody that's like, you know, super into that stuff and mm-hmm. talking about those kinds of things it, to, to even get his imagination going there. He just, he's not exposed to it. So um, he then describes leading a horse. So they're like, bandage him up, send him back out. Mm-hmm. He then says at that point he's leading a horse or pulling a horse and the horse is on a cart that's pulling a long gun. He describes a cannon. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And Crazy. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Like how would he know that? After this session, Chase began to show signs of recovery from fear of loud noises and eczema it started to heal. So that's the purpose of why they say like um, when, when they start to talk about these past lives or any of us that have past lives, sometimes we need, we're given the memories to help us heal mm-hmm. I always tell people like the deja vus are our subconscious is like I've been here before I figure oh yeah okay I got this like we don't even have time to go right we're too busy going why do I remember this <laughs> so our subconscious is already working stuff out anyway his mom Carol Bowman went on to get her credentials in order to help others who are experiencing past life experiences and fears so she went on so that she could help other parents and kids i believe work through this because it's just not like at at least at that time but that wasn't even that long ago right okay questions you good ready for the next one yeah there's another show okay have you heard of this one the ghost inside my child i think i've yeah i think i've heard of that that one's on amazon prime Mm mm-hmm for free. Okay, so this one has parents narrating their real-life experiences with their children who have recalled their past lives. There is one story of a little boy whose story begins at age three, which is what we find common, when he introduces his mom to his friend. Like, Mommy, I want you to meet my friend. And she's like, oh, who's your friend? And she doesn't see anybody. Mm-hmm. But he does. And so... Um, it's a big giant bunny named Harvey. <laughs> she says, who's your friend? And he said, it's Uncle Mike. <laughs> And um, Uncle Mike died when the little boy was two, so Mm. a year prior. So he doesn't know Uncle Mike. So he wouldn't know to call him to even make up an Uncle Mike. Right. So um, here he is. He sees this Uncle Mike, introduces him to her, and is like, what? You can't see him? It's Uncle Mike. So one day while the mom was making dinner, the boy now four, and even like his sister was like, he scares me because he was like had all these to do something mm-hmm. <laughs> had all these imaginary friends and he would just he was different and nobody could understand him obviously oh, some of us know what that's like <laughs> anyway 
So one day the mom was making dinner and the boy now four years old comes into the kitchen in tears like she can't console him. She doesn't know what's wrong with him. She said it took about 20 minutes just to calm him down. She's like, what's wrong? Are you hurt? You know, did somebody hurt you? Did you fall? What's wrong? And he said um, he tells her that he is afraid of the fire from the bomb. That killed him. And that's how his Uncle Mike died. No. What? Uncle oh, Ma- so this is his so, Okay. Yeah. So I guess his experiences started by seeing spirit. Mm-hmm. So Uncle Mike came to him. I think Uncle Mike came to him to help him through that. Through it. But um I just think that's one of the gifts that he, you know, kids see spirit. And so, um, so then, you know, she's not even expecting to hear about a past life and here her four-year-old is crying and she can't console him. And he's like talking about a fire from a bomb that killed him and giving super incredible details about this bombing. So yeah, he then explains he was in a bombing in a building connected to others. So the building is like levels high and connected in his little boy mind and then he kept saying the word semper and so she didn't know what that was semper but whoa it said a word didn't it it's like it's semper fi is what but that's almost like it was trying to get me like it was trying to say it didn't it seem like it i have goosebumps all the way across my back this is i i kind of have somebody tickling my head okay um, the mom later found out during her research that the word was simplify. He stated that he was with others in this life that he was referring to. They were from Georgia. So many died in this bombing, but the group, he and his group were from Georgia. Okay. So she decides she's going to search for like fires in Georgia, military, whatever. She can't find anything. And then she realized that he's trying to say simplify. And so once she put that together, she finds an article about some Georgia men that were killed in a fire that was in Beirut, Mm -hmm. a bombing. It was a bombing in Beirut. It's like one of the most horrific bombings. And there was, it was on the military base. Six of the soldiers were from Georgia. So she took photos of those soldiers and showed them to her son. And he knew who they were. And then he picked out one of them and started crying, got really upset about it because that was like his roommate. Mm. So he said he lived with that one. And then he picked his out. So once he identified himself, his mom, um, they drove because they're from Virginia Beach. They drove from Virginia Beach to Georgia to visit his past life grave. Mm-hmm. And um, it gave her son closure from his past life. It was interesting. But that's what he needed. Right. Like just to know that, okay, I'm at peace. My buddies. I think he needed to know more that his buddies were at peace. Right. You know. So in that case, mm-hmm. do you think it's an actual past life or it's like almost like a possession? No, he didn't have any possession. No. What would the possession be? Well, just like a, a spirit, like an. Uh... Well, no, because Uncle Mike is separate from that. Right. He no, was no. just seeing Uncle Mike. Oh, okay, okay. Uncle Mike is a relative. Is his mom's uncle? Yeah. And so that's just separate. But it's interesting because some of these kids see spirit and then it turns into then they start having like you know one and two you know even like I was telling you my cousin's baby. 
seeing my aunt. <laughs> Is it tingling? Somebody pulling it? Yes. I we need to turn on the ghost box. Okay, so Dr. Jim Tucker from the University of Virginia has investigated hundreds of these cases. And by the way, there's thousands of these stories from all around the world. And I will say like India. In India, like Buddhist, Hindu, you know, that's they totally are fans of past lives right rolling in so they encourage it like if they're they don't they're not ones to be like no 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 you're goofy it's it's all about the reincarnation reincarnation is huge and so so there's a lot of him but there was one story i didn't write it down but i'm gonna tell you there's one story about this girl who started remembering how she was like a, a a man from another like part of india and that she was in an accident. She, she got hit by a car. She made incense, mm-hmm. a specific kind of incense. So she's telling her family about this. And then I think the dad worked with, um, just so happens the teacher from that same like village. Mm-hmm. Ended up, her dad was a head teacher, and that man ended up working at, and he he would go back to that village on the weekends, but work with her dad. And when he caught wind of that story, he was like, hey, I'll do some investigating about it. I'll see if there's such thing as, you know, those incense and that family, and if any of it makes sense. Well, it did. And there is only one family who makes those incense and... They make those incense and that particular kind. And um, they actually had a son that died the way she said. So she went. So the story is true. She she went and um, she actually um, when she was walking up to like the police station or something, she said, there's my uncle. And it's a girl. And the guy's like, I don't know you, but it was then they realized it's the reincarnation of his nephew. It was crazy. And then she knew his sister without ever meeting her. It was all crazy. It's all validated. But that's also on one of these documentaries. Really? People can watch it. Yeah, it's really interesting. Her story and her and her family talking about it and his family. So I'll I'll try and find it and send it to you. But anyway, this case. Oh, Dr. Jim Tucker from the University of Virginia has investigated. What's that say? Town. Town. I just was talking about a town. Mm-hmm. Incense. Anyway, he's investigated hundreds of these cases of children who remember past lives. One thing. Welcome. Oh, believe her. Believe me. Believe her. The, the lady that was telling the <laughs> believe story. Believe the. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. One thing I watched. What's that? Xavier. Huh. Uh, one thing I watched uh, is where he traveled to California to interview and visit with a mother and her son, Harley. Uh, Harley had began when he was three, about three, I think it was three years and three months old, mm-hmm. on Halloween to speak of a life he lived before. This one's not as dramatic, but his mom didn't want to sway his answers. So, she, oh, this is the one. She didn't want to sway her answers. So she um, got a hold of this child psychologist researcher, um, Jim Tucker. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> And because of this town that they live in, she didn't tell anybody. Like some of these people, they talk to their mom, their sister, their friend. Everybody knows. She doesn't want anybody to know. <laughs> She's like... This no. town is very religious. They're very, it's a very conservative place. So his point was, she's not doing this for notoriety. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. So she said when Harley was two, he would be screaming after um, awaking during the night.
night and he would be like, I want my mama. I want my mama. And she'd be like, I'm right here. (laughs) Mama's right here. And he said, no, my other mama. And can you imagine if your kid did that? Your other mama? Yeah. Then... Uh, when Harley was three, they went trick-or-treating and decided their, that their area was dry. They were like, man, this sucks. We're going to go to the other side of town. And Harley said, oh, you mean the part of town I used to live in? And the mom's like, we never lived there. He said, I mean, when I lived with my other mama. Uh, <laughs> he then mentioned her name was Stacy. So now he has a name for the mama. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Then one day while driving past the road, they passed all the time. So he saw it all the time. Harley said out of the blue, oh, they paved that road finally. What? (laughs) And they're like, that road's been paved for 30 years. What are you talking about? Run, huh? He said many other things, like spoke of a tree that his brother pushed him out of, but he didn't have a brother. And a trip to the mountains that his other mother took him. Uh-huh. He also had a birthmark that some believe is a reminder of where um, an injury from a previous life happened. He also told of his death at 15 or 17 in a car accident. So due to the town and family religious beliefs, like I already said, she didn't want all the hoopla. So um, the doctor tried to look up the, for evidence of a story. So he was only able to get through. He went to like research archives. And he was only able to get from 1992, 1993 to see if there were like any auto accidents that involved a 15 to 16, 17 year old. And um, he didn't find any, he'd find some, one or whatever, but it didn't have the mom's name as Stacy. Hmm. So anyway, it doesn't sound like he was able to put a whole lot of effort into it. He um, So I bet if he did put some effort into it, he would have found a match because I don't think this kid was making shit up. Right. Okay. So now there's one that's a little more famous. Like this one's been on stuff. Um, This one is James Leninger. I don't know how to say his last name. Leninger? Leninger? Anyway, James was born in 1988. 1998. And I'm pretty sure this one's been in books and it's been in in like probably 60 minute talk shows and stuff. Right. Um, James was born in 1998 and at the age of two, he began to have memories of a different life. He had an incredible fascination with the airplanes and he would tell his parents his name was James the third. So they were like, okay, yeah, okay. Why do you want to be the third? They didn't realize that he was actually talking about another James. He would say that he died in a plane crash while pointing to a photo. So I don't know where the photo came from, but he was pointing to a photo of Omojima. Omojima? Is that how you say it? Iwo Jima? Omojima. I can't say it right. Say it. Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima. I can't. Anyway. Iwo. 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 Jima. Yeah, that's not how they spell it, but yeah. Iwo Jima. I-W-O? No. Maybe I spelled it wrong. I looked it up, though. Maybe I'm wrong. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm talking about. Right. Anyway, it's the only plane that went down. Oh, you found it right. I'm not even going to tell you what I wrote. Because <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up like you just did. I'm like looking for it. All right. Anyway, his plane went down during the Second War. It's the only plane that went down in that area during the Second World War. And it was flown by Lieutenant James Houston Jr. He also knew the name of the ship. 
So he would talk about, they'd say, what what was the name of the ship that you, you know, your plane was on? And it was called the Natoma. Something else, fun fact, that he knew was these airplanes, these specific airplanes that he flew, mm-hmm. had, were known for having bad tires. Hmm. And he just was like, yeah, they were known for having bad tires. And that was... This out of the blue. Yeah. Like Like just talking about the planes. Yeah. Just like he knows what he's talking about. In 1945, he was shot down. James' family, so the little boy James, his family tracked down some of the crew members um, of James III, who are now at this time old men. And they did confirm that all that the little boy was saying was 100% true. Like, how freaky is that? Mm -hmm. His family did did end up taking um, him to a memorial site for James III, which there's a full documentary on this. You can watch it on YouTube. And they actually follow the family going to this, going to the ocean and taking flowers and Mm. meeting his family and meeting the men that he was with, you know, the, the other airmen. Anyway, his family did end up doing that. And he met the sister of the lieutenant. So anyway, that was all really interesting. Yeah, that's super interesting. And it was like... He, he he acted like, <laughs> how weird would it be to have a little boy act like they're your brother and you're this older, old woman, like right. very old woman. It's very interesting. But anyway, I, I it's an interesting documentary. Just fun. Sounds like it. Okay. So I can keep going with these kinds of stories. Like they're just one after another and they're very interesting, but you can actually go YouTube them or look them up on those shows I was telling you because this one, <laughs> this is like my favorite one. <laughs> Let me take a drink of wine. Here. No, we got more. Okay. So this one is about a boy from Russia. Okay. Who can remember his life from Mars. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) What? Nope. His name is Boriska. So Boris Kiparanovich. Oh. So and he's Boris from, Kipper. Yeah. Kipper. He's, <laughs> he's from Volgograd, 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 Russia. Anyway, he was born in 1996 and his parents were amazed at the fact that he had just. Okay, so listen, I'm just going to say when I first started listening to this, I'm like, Mm, not really that special because when Connor was born my oldest like then within hours of him being born he's like lifting his head and looking around and the nurses were like he could already lift his head up like that's amazing and so you know they're talking about that with this kid like he was already lifting his head and looking around I remember this old lady stopping me when I was walking Connor and she said that's a very special little baby you have that's a special young man and I'm like oh well thank you. I think so. And she's like, no, he's very special. And I was like, okay. And she said with his bright eyes and looking all around, he's very, he's always going to be very inquisitive. He's going to be very, very smart. And he is very special. She was right. (laughs) (laughs) He is very inquisitive to this day. He has to look everything up. He's a walking encyclopedia. And he is special. My kids are. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, but this kid, so he had amazing control of his head. And then just, okay, now here's, I don't know about this, but okay. Just weeks after his birth, he was already beginning to speak his first words. What? That's what they say. Okay. Okay. And by 18 months, he was already reading and writing. 18 months. 
18 months. Oh. Okay, and get this. Wait, it's going further. He also began kindergarten at just two years old. Okay. He freaked his teachers out with his advancement in reading and writing, and he was well ahead of all his peers. Well, I should say so. He's two, and they're like five and six in kindergarten. <laughs> I have to go change your our like students' baby diaper. boss, <laughs> boss baby. I'm going to go change Boris's diaper with the rest of you. Get ready to go play outside. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Anyway, there's stuff about him too all over the place. Okay, can't even. I can't get past it. Okay, one of the strangest things about this child prodigy was his in-depth knowledge of the universe. Okay. He had never actually been taught anything about space or physics. Now, I will say later I found out his mom is a doctor, but evidently like nobody sat down and was like teaching him about space and the stars and that just wasn't a You know, nobody in the family was fascinated by that stuff. He never actually had been taught anything about space or physics, yet he had vast knowledge of the solar system, stars and constellations, and more. At age seven, so the family goes on this camping trip with some friends, and they're all sitting around the fire, probably eating some s'mores, I don't know. And Boris, little seven-year-old, decides he wants everybody's attention, so he's like, close your ears, or close your mouths, open your ears. Here, let's have <laughs> close your ears mm-hmm. open your mouth mm-hmm. so he says close your mouths open your ears i got something to say well of course the adults are not going to listen to a seven-year-old and they completely ignore him finally he gets their attention he's like i've got something very important to tell you i need you to listen so okay fine what do you got to tell us he told them to pay attention he had something very important to share It took a minute. He got their attention. He explained to the adults that he had come from Mars. And they were like, okay. (laughs) Wouldn't you be like, oh, that sounds really special. And what did you do on Mars, honey? Mars. But no, I guess you a Martian. They humored him. He said he came from Mars where he was in his last life. And he was reborn here on Earth to save Earth. So being here on Earth, he's like, I was a Martian, but now I'm born a human. And I'm as human as any of you. He said that there are many others just like him all over the world. And they call themselves, now listen, because this is true, indigo children. And um, there are a lot of people that will not think this is funny because this is very true. And so that's why like some of this I can't Mm -hmm. laugh at because I actually find some of this. Credible. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Look at what I do for a living. People would think I'm crazy. So I'm not going to knock him. So, of course, but what he ends up telling them, I've received some of this. So I am definitely a believer. Um, Of course, this was a surprise to all. And I can only assume (laughs) came with some humor. As they probably felt (laughs) that they were humoring the tall tale of a seven-year-old boy. However, his claims were very detailed. And after a while, began began to travel outside the family and friends. And obviously, 
critics from around the world. Oh, from around, from all around, like scientists and media all started to put in their own things. It's saying, oh, stick in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So once Boris became a teenager, he had done an interview on Russian TV where he once again told his story exactly the way he did around the campfire. So, like, if you're lying and making shit up, you're not going to remember everything as it was. Right. He he remembered it as it was. Uh, many also believed that the boy was telling the truth. So now people believe. But Boris would go on for years to explain that on Mars, the people... St- Oh, so get this. Okay, let me just put this, Daddy. Let me put this out there. Sylvia Brown, who's a psychic medium, no longer with us, had written a lot of books. And she wrote in one of her books, when you go to the other side, everybody is 35. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell a lot of people that love Sylvia Brown that that's not true. I mean, think about it. If you've come here and gone there and there is no age when in your spirit form i mean okay if you want to put an age on it you could be 560 something years old 5000 and something years old you're just there we're not in that form but when i just read this perhaps she was getting her messages confused and um because people on mars and maybe she was dealing with some indigo information mm-hmm. and people on mars stop aging at age 35. Mm -hmm. They continue living. They're just, they stop aging. The age progression just stops. Mm -hmm. And it's because the way they breathe in carbon dioxide and we breathe in oxygen. Mm -hmm. So we age. But I guess we need to breathe in some carbon dioxide. Hmm. (sighs) Fountain of youth. (laughs) Who knew? I mean, our heads might be a little funky. Oh my gosh, we might have really long fingers. That's something else like that. They're very tall beings. He says, you know, like, okay, let's just say they're gray, they're tall, they have funky heads, and they only live, you know, they live longer than 35, but their only age is 35. They don't get old and crinkly, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) these Martians, they have a vast advancement of technology, which I'm sure we can all guess, which allows them to travel via instant stellar interstellar portals fuck fuck that one up he speaks of a time while a teenager on mars and he recalls taking part in air raids you know what when i pictured this i was picturing um the terminator Mm -hmm. so he pictures taking part in air raids he explains that these wars ultimately destroyed the mars species boris can even describe in detail his friends, and those he served with while on Mars. He speaks of how the Mars people were able to fly around in disc-shaped spaceships and explore the galaxies and Earth as well as the life we live. And they would, like, observe how we were living here. Mm -hmm. And um, they also flew in triangle-shaped spaceships, you know, kind of like Phoenix Lights, you know things that people have seen here because um they said that he said that the triangle ones were for like shorter trips within the galaxy Hmm. and like coming to earth and things like that he spoke of the complexity of the martians technology but it also was eventually the cause of their demise he repeated just as he said as a seven-year-old boy that the martian race was ultimately wiped out due to nuclear 
warfare. What? Mm-hmm. Well, think about it. When they go up there now, like, you can't go up. I mean, they say we, we wouldn't be able to go up there and survive, right? Right. Um, I mean, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But anyway, well, also, we need oxygen. Yeah. There's <laughs> um, that little annoying fact there. That little thing. Oh, my gosh. Wine. Um, okay. Da, 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 da. Oh, sorry. I made you yawn. But it became... Okay, so hold on. Let me reread this so it makes sense. He repeated, just as he said when he was seven, uh, the Martian race was ultimately wiped out due to nuclear... Ah, burpee. War- warfare. And that he wasn't just telling this... As part of the story or the history but Mar- of Mars, but it came as a warning to the human race of what, what might become of us. Hmm. So that's why he was given this job of coming back here. Right. Um, because those Martians who had survived were very concerned of what they were witnessing from their neighbors on Earth and the speed at which the technology was advancing here and how it resembled that of Mars. Like, they see us doing the same thing they did. Right. So, and that's kind of nice. The Martians. Interesting. Energy. See, they don't want to use us as experiments. They wanted to help us. But whatever. Earthlings are not always the kindest. <laughs> you think? No, no, we're special. <laughs> Stop yawning during my segment. You started me. I know. Okay, so with that, Boris and others have come here to issue us a warning that if we continue with the nuclear progression, as we have, that thing is making sense a lot. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. If we continue with the nuclear progression, as we have, we too will suffer the same fate as those on Mars. Although Boris is concerned that the warning, all of them are concerned that it may be too late or fall on deaf ears because the world has become under control of world leaders who are hungry for power and dictators. Mm -hmm. This fart is, it's almost like a salad dressing mixed with some salad. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do? I'm going to start. Like a, it's a fine wine mixed with some Italian dressing and sour milk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. See what we put ourselves through just yeah. so you guys can just have for this. clear audio. Just for this. Uh, okay, so he's worried that it'll fall on deaf ears because the world the world has become under control of world leaders who are hungry for power and dictators who are always on the lookout for a reason to pull the nuclear trigger. Sound Dick-tators. familiar? Dictators. Dictators. <laughs> yes. Sounds like somebody we all know. And and a few friends There's in a other few countries. Friends out there. Yeah. I mean, trust There's me. There's a few of them. There's a few. One he, <laughs> Boris might know one. Uh, yeah, Boris. He does have our however claim that there's a glimmer of hope and we can turn things around before we have a doomsday. It all lands in the hands of the great Sphinx of Giza. Would you have guessed that? Huh? The Sphinx. The, it, that's the... In Egypt? Yeah, and I know where it's at, but what does it have to do with Mars? <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you. That translates to, did you know the translation is... The father of dread or the terrifying one in Arabic. That's what Sphinx means. Really? Yeah. 
which is kind of interesting because we must... Do you ever watch Ancient Aliens? Mm -hmm. They cover a lot of that. Right. But anyway, he says we must open the Sphinx. Um, It can be opened somewhere behind the ear, although he does not know exactly where or how to open it. So while believing things are the ramblings of a highly imaginative kid. Of course, Tomb Raider when you need her. Imaginative kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, scientists have actually done some investigation on their own, and it does add credibility to Boris. He's not full of shit. Dun dun dum. Who's Austin? Or do we need to go to Austin? Anderson, Austin. Austin. Um, in 2017, experts began trying to find a way into the Sphinx using tools that had not been used before at their disposal, or at their disposal, before anyways. These experts have actually found something that lends credibility to Boris and his claims. Something very important lies hidden inside this structure, and with the help of cosmic ray imaging. Anyway, doesn't that sound so like, bum, bum, bum. Um, cosmic ray imaging <laughs> in the Sphinx. Anyway, the scientists research up your Sphinx with a CI with a CRI. <laughs> anyway, the scientists researched the area and were stunned by what the new technology revealed to them. At a hundred, it had a it had a hundred foot long void um at the like the heart of the pyramid mm-hmm. and then it was like a snake like shape mm-hmm. <laughs> you like my <laughs> i was doing that when i wrote Wait, it too this is in the sphinx in well it's like um i think they had to go down through the sphinx to the pyramid it's like all connected somehow so uh-huh. when they were talking about it uh-huh. they were talking about going using the tools through the Sphinx, but then they started calling it a pyramid. So, hmm. which I thought, aren't they two different things? There's yeah. a pyramid and a Sphinx. Right. The Sphinx is the lion type the f- thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the pyramid part is but, lion, part pharaoh. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, but that's what they said. They called it the pyramid and the snake and the void. And But I think that they were actually in the Sphinx when they did this because they had to go, the whole ear thing mm-hmm. had something to do with it. So, I don't know. I was just listening. You can actually see this. Uh, we sh- I actually wrote down, I put it on here where you could watch this guy talk about it and show pictures and stuff. Anyway, it was located just above the Grand Gallery, the snake-like void, and right in the middle of, again, he says pyramid, but I don't think so. I think it's the Sphinx area, unless you can connect them. Well, this is something new that's been discovered. No one can tell if something was actually in there or what the purpose of it was, but nothing during that time was created without a reason which is true. And also, if you watch Ancient Aliens, I mean, if you think about it, how did they even have tools to make a lot of that stuff? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a big question mark, that they have alien help. And a lot of their drawings, like if they talk about star seeds, Mm -hmm. it's aliens. Great. So I believe it. I used to not. Interesting. But I know I probably sound crazy, but, and and there was a time, like, I've heard people talk, like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. But you guys, I've been doing this and I'm learning things and you start to become more open to the possibilities. Right. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say, like, I'm 100% in there. You're just open to the po- 
if you believe that your grandmother is still here, but you don't see her, you believe that there's an energy called God, right. then why is this so impossible to believe? There's so many other planets out there. Why wouldn't you think that there's other so life? Basically, Boris said something about the Sphinx. He said that that was the key to our... He was saying that, yes, there is a way to rescue us, basically. And it's something to do with this opening the Sphinx. And it has to do with a spot behind the ear. He doesn't know. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know all the information. Which I think it was if he was full of shit, he'd be like making stuff up. Mm-hmm. But anyway, okay. So they got into the Sphinx. They found things that they've never found. Listen, people have been checking that shit out for a gazillion years. Mm-hmm. So they for them to find something that they've never saw before... That's amazing. Okay, so... But what did they find? The snake void thing. Oh, but and just the void? There was no well, object? The void is an actual... It's a, um, located just above the Grand Gallery and right in the middle of the pyramid. Well, this is something new that's been discovered. No one could tell if something was actually in there or what the purpose of it was. But nothing during that time was created without a reason. So just another piece of the puzzle that the scientists... Are thinking have been you know like something was stored there like they don't know is it a is something supposed to go inside of it Mm -hmm. is who knows nobody knows yet yet we don't have all the pieces to the puzzle yet anyways you can watch the video where i got this information on youtube it's called creepy world and um if you do creepy world russian boy claims he lived on mars in a past life you could just put past life russian boy and it'll show up mm-hmm. and brought a warning about Earth's future. But come on, wasn't that different? Very different. I was so excited. <laughs> I was so excited because one, past life stuff just fell in my lap and I just think that's really interesting. But I was like, okay, so all these stories are kind of like, I keep reading a bunch of these stories and they're all very interesting. Right. They're cool. But then when I found this guy i think what's the The most interesting about him was Mm -hmm. is maybe not the mars stuff Mm -hmm. i mean although that is interesting but the fact that he was talking at two weeks old at two weeks old and he went to kindergarten at two years old i mean was this documented by like physician or did they live on a mountain and this is all the mom no no i mean (laughs) telling other people I'm assuming it's documented somehow because, okay. I mean, he's been on talk shows. He's been... Somebody has had... If it didn't happen, right. there'd be bullshit somewhere. Right. So I'm going to assume somebody's checked out this story. I just think... Not not that he said he's from Mars or that he's... Because there's a lot of people, you know, we're half alien. Who's Kelly? Half alien, half human, whatever. That, whatever, RH, negative people, blah, 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 you know, the whole thing. That's not even a big deal. But the information that he had, uh, the big surprise for me was going into the Sphinx and check this out. And even the information, I've never heard anybody say that there was life on Mars, period. Right. But then that there was a war on Mars and, hey, stupid humans, you're following in our footsteps and right. we are sending people to you to warn you to not be that stupid because we already fucked up one world. Right. Don't fuck up your own. I just find all of that fascinating, even if it's not true. Right. But because I cannot discount the crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will discount real crazy, but I won't discount something that can be a possibility, even if it makes me sound crazy. <laughs> I didn't write the story. I just read it. Right. 
And I and who am I to say it's not true? Right. That's like me telling you a dream you had last night that felt real. Right. Didn't. Right. Who am I to say that to you? Right. So I just think this is, listen, we do a lot of like, I feel like the stories start to become kind of the same, too much, you know, the same. And I was really excited that I found something different, but also something that like people are always asking me about this stuff. And I think I found an entertaining way of describing it without, (laughs) if you were sitting on my couch in my living room, I'd be going into a different kind of depth with it. And I'd have different views than what I'm sharing on here, I'm sure. But because you and I have talked about stuff, Mm -hmm. which I'm not doing that with these people because not everybody sees things the way we see things. So you'd have to come see me. If you want this crazy. But anyway, I liked it. You can't handle the crazy. Wouldn't this be a great like sci-fi movie? It sounds like a sci-fi movie. It sounds like Terminator versus, I don't know. Or World Weekly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're walking through the grocery store. One of the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Inquirer. (laughs) The Inquirer. Oh my God. That's hilarious. I don't know. I thought it was entertaining. Alexa. Barrel. Why don't you tell me who made that? Makes my cat go. And then that little. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. In her camera today, she was listening and it made a whispering noise. Well, my cat. It's like she was being taunted. I, you know what? We are. We're going to put some of that. Some of the more freaky ones. We're going to put the audio on for you guys. It's going to be a surprise. <laughs> anyway alrighty guys well I think that about does it for today (laughs) (laughs) we're looking at the clock it's like 1130 I'm tired yeah we're this this we're this we're this Mm -hmm. that's what the ghost app says it says this Mm -hmm. that wine thank you guys for listening that wine is done it is so good. I enjoyed it. I would not mind having another bottle of this. Right now. We'll have to get it again. Mm-hmm. That would be um, hashtag Josh. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm not mad at the girl that did the shopping for mm. me at Fry's today because mm-hmm. it was another one that I picked out and she replaced it with this one. Yeah. And I was like, it better be a good wine, whatever she replaced it with. It yeah. was. It was. She so we just good. did like free advertising for them. For, for Josh mm-hmm. or for Fry's? For Josh. <laughs> <laughs> for Josh wine. We've been bragging about it long enough. Yeah, it's yummy. Which one is this? <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. We are correct. Where's this Cabernet Sauvignon? Sauvignon. Sauvignon. All right. All right. Now we are done. Those are two interesting stories yes well i'm alma i'm carly thanks for listening have a good night good night